Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Rocket MSP podcast. I'm Steve Taylor, your host. Today, I'm joined by Jamie Warner from Envarosoft. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we talked a little bit. Uh, before we went live. So I always feel weird doing the the like fake, hey, how you doing, man, when, when we start this thing. But I I think I just want to uh, talk again about Dogecoin because <laughs> it is it is absolutely ridiculous. And and Jamie, we're going to we're going to talk about your company here in just a minute. But um Dogecoin, I made my mom buy like $80 worth of it um, back when it was 1.721 cents. And she bought 4,645 Dogecoin. And uh, right now she's got, I don't know, like $2,600 worth of Dogecoin. It's, it's actually gone down a bit today. It was up at like 67 cents or so. And... Um, Actually, it was up to 68, 69. And right now it's it's hovering around 58, 59. So I don't know. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to get in before it goes back up. Absolutely. These are how you this is how you make the money, is the inside tips. That's what you need. Yeah. Well, I believe that's called insider trading here in the United States. <laughs> I do believe it's frowned upon. <laughs> so um are you familiar with Dogecoin? Do you have any Dogecoin? Uh, not myself, no. But certainly, Bitcoin in general is is um, is quite a popular uh, topic, and yeah, it's it's a fascinating area. I probably haven't spent the, enough time figuring it out myself, but uh, which is probably my loss. But um, yeah. yes, it, it sounds. Cool. Like, what's that? It's it's really interesting. Um, I really didn't start getting into the cryptocurrency stuff until the pandemic started because, you know, we were shut down for months and what what better thing is there to do than learn something new and crocheting is not my style. So I went with cryptocurrency <laughs> and um, it's it's been really interesting. I didn't realize there were so many different altcoins. I don't even, I don't even know if they're all altcoin or it's weird. I still don't understand it all, but there's you know, like some of these platforms have like 300 different cryptocurrencies on them. And then there's these new things, ETFs, um, which I guess are 
like they use uh, uh, the cryptocurrency type stuff. The why can't I think of the the term? Anyway, they they use that same technology, the underlying technology for cryptocurrencies. And Is it blockchain? Yes, thank you, blockchain. So mm. they they use blockchain to sell art, and so I believe it's the NBA. They they signed a deal with some, uh, or maybe it's NFT, EFT, NFT. I haven't looked into this one much yet, but it's it's almost like baseball card trading. Did you do that when you were a kid? Uh, probably not baseball, but certainly other sports here in Australia. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I don't know. You guys have like rugby and curling and whatever sports you have down there, right? <laughs> rugby, yes, we have rugby. Cro- yeah. Crocodile riding. Exactly. Uh, the kangaroo. kangaroos. Yep. Love it. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to try kangaroo meat. You should. It's um it's a bit it's a bit tough, but it's um I like it. So Is it is okay, so is this something you eat like regularly? No, it's not something you eat regularly, but it's it's available. I mean, you can get it from the supermarket. It is what it is. That's so weird. It is a bit right. weird, but yeah, they're big animals. Well, I mean, I say it's weird, but I mean, we've got weird. Uh, so there's a, a supermarket near me. It's called Giant Eagle. And some Giant Eagles are um, marketplace stores. And there's a big one about an hour away from me in Cuyahoga Falls. And they have this huge meat section. And so you can get everything from, uh, you know, regular beef to bison, uh lamb rattlesnake like they got all kinds of so so like there's there's probably stuff in that in that box that you'd be like oh wow that's really weird so for me to think kangaroos bizarre like we just don't have any unless it's a zoo man well look they're a pest too if you didn't know that anyone listening to this there's uh there's millions of them and they just you know breed like mice so um yeah i feel sorry for kangaroos there's there's a lot of them I didn't realize. And and they're only in Australia? I think so. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's native which is, native beer. Which is crazy. I I want to get like a thousand kangaroos and just like release them into uh like Pennsylvania or something. Like <laughs> just <laughs> you have a million before you knew it. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, they yeah. They really are. I think they are considered a bit of a pest, to be honest. Oh, that, I'm not going to lie. I totally want kangaroo to be a, a regular thing in my area. Awesome. <laughs> that, that, that's a bizarre animal, but, you know, some of these ones get up to six six foot, six foot five. Like, they're huge. They can be oh, man. massive. So, they're, they're not – you've got the little wallabies, if you've ever heard of those. But, yeah, it's a big animal. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about something that – the people here care to hear about. Um, they don't want to hear me ramble on about things I don't understand. So, Envarosoft, uh, this this is your company. Is it one of your companies, or it's just your company? Uh, Envarosoft, yes, it's it's my company. I've also got an MSP in Australia uh, that uh, I've been running as well for twenty one years now. We've got our twenty first anniversary, so. That MSP's got about 45 staff, 5,000 devices under management. So 
just been plodding along over those years. We've sort of grown to that size, just targeting SMBs. Um, and we haven't actually done any acquisitions. You do see a lot of that in the US, it seems. Every other minute, someone's buying somebody. Um, but yeah, we've just plotted along and built it that size and, and it's going well. But Envirosoft is really an offshoot of the technology we built in that MSP way back in 2010. So um, yes, it's been, a, it's been an exciting journey growing this business as well. That's really cool, man. So... I've I've spoken with you once or twice in the past, and you know you've you've showed us a demo of of your product, and you know eventually we'll get to a point where maybe you can you know show us some some slides if if that helps you stay on track, or maybe we can even you know poke through the software and see how it all works. But let's let's learn a little bit more first. So, um, Envirosoft, what is it? Well, actually, it'd be good if, if uh, I'm not sure if you've got the slides there, it'd be good to, to go through it because yeah. the, the first sure. couple really explain that. It, it is a new category. So it's, um, it's, been, um, it's been an interesting journey to, to be part of this, this sort of um, new category creation. Um, and uh, with ourselves and a few of the competitors out there, we're all sort of jostling for position doing things a bit differently, but it's starting to trend towards, you know, a similar sort of framework, if that makes sense. So let me know when this, this slides up and, and it's easier for these guys to, for me to explain it visually. You got it. Um, they are up. Just keep in Ooh. mind that um, this is going to be audio only on podcast also. So there's, there's video and audio only versions of this. So hopefully we can, um, Describe it well. <laughs> oh, absolutely, no, I'll describe it as well. So, for those of you that are that are looking at it, um, I'll, I'll quickly go through the platform and a little bit of our roadmap as well. But ultimately, um, what I've got on the screen here is is a picture of um, of what we're describing a CX platform is all about these days. Now, when we first launched, we were like, "Oh, just replace email support with an app and and have a better visual." across all the devices that you're managing. Um, the story goes is that I was sitting in my boardroom with a quote for 2000 mouse pads thinking to myself, are we seriously at mouse pads at this point in time back in, this is 09. And uh, we decided that, um, and, and we had two problems. One was customer experience and one was um, the, um, uh, the productivity side of things. We were getting a lot of incorrect information over the email tickets and lots of phone calls, and it was becoming a bit of a mess. And um, and so we thought, well, why don't we do away with a mouse pad strategy or a squidgy ball or stickers and actually build an app that you could put across all the devices? And so that's where we started. And, um, and so, but when we first launched, um, uh, and, and it was very successful, I should say, for our MSP. We were able to reduce phone calls, get the right information the first time. Clients absolutely loved it. It was a great differentiation for us in terms of selling our services. And so a few years later, we decided to commercialize it in Envirosoft. And when we did commercialize it, there really wasn't a, a um, definition for what we were doing. We're sort of standing there. I remember meeting you, Steve, at Autotask Community Live at a booth and you know it's it was really hard to describe what it was like there was no category you know think about rmm think psa these are categories documentation it's a category everyone knows you just say you know what you're talking about whereas what we're doing 
what is it? And so it's, it's, it's since all of those years ago, meeting you for the first time, it's turning into this customer experience category. So that's basically what EnviroSoft is trying to solve. And if, if you're looking at the screen, if you're not, I basically have a diagram here of, of a PSA on one side and a client on the other. And really what we say to people these days is we're the last mile between these two. We fit in between the PSA and the clients and the users as well. And, and what we say to people is we typically um, help you complement or replace some of your support channels. So it's an option to get rid of support at, really doesn't help in any way. It doesn't give you the right information, no device diagnostics, no ticket types, none of that. So you can keep them all if you want, but if you want to really ramp up productivity, then we, we talk about replacing support at. And, and it's really come down now, Steve, to three pillars. When we first launched, when you first met us, um, we had the end user experience. That was our desktop and mobile app, and that enabled the user to log tickets, take screen capture, you get device diagnostics. We've layered over the top self-service bots to stop unnecessary tickets coming through. So it's basically embedded self-service. Uh, we've got approvals, ticket and web forms, and news, and you can have apps in there. And it's basically a one pane of glass to access everything. And it's, it was very successful. Um, and, um, and we've actually got our Microsoft Teams app being built at the moment. So you'll be able to complement the agent, um, with our Microsoft Teams app. And we, we're also building, uh, push ticket updates. And both of those are coming in Q3. So imagine when a ticket is updated by an engineer, the user gets like a pop up on their screen saying, Hey, your ticket's been updated. And they can click on that to reply or close the ticket or go to the tickets, et cetera. So that's, that's the first pillar, the end user experience. The second pillar uh, is the client portal, an Office 365 integrated client portal. This is where the market's going. This is what the market clearly said they wanted, and it made sense. And so if you think about the app being the first launcher, the thing that enables them to easily get access to you by describing it them that they just need to go to an IT button or your icon if you want to put your icon there, um, then you can... Um, through that app, have access to this client portal. And that's where they can see all their tickets, approvals. We've got VCAO in there now, which we'll talk about today, service catalog. They can see their own devices um, uh, in there, uh, training, knowledge base, and Office 365 licensing. So this is probably the biggest iteration that that has happened in the platform. And, it, and it's become, um, it's new for us on launch at the moment. And um, already uh, current partners are, are really um, rushing to set this up and, and we're getting a lot of positive feedback from that. So, so this is kind of where the market's going. And, um, and the third pillar is of a CX platform is a what we're calling the MSP toolkit. So if you're going to have an agent out there over and above your RMM, you want to get some benefit from that. So we're starting to fill the gaps of where um, the RMMs probably should do a better job, but don't. And, and things like live chat, identity security, secure 2FA messaging, so sending passwords to people, push messaging, and these types of things. So that forms part of the um, uh, of our toolkit, which is an app that you have on your desktop called IT Control Panel. So the app for the user is called IT Support Panel, and the app for your engineers is called IT Control Panel. So that's what you use to sort of um, uh, harness all of those uh, bits of functionality. And the other part of the toolkit, uh, which we've just launched, is our VCAO platform. Really exciting. We do it a bit differently. 
uh, in that most of the tools out there do a great job of presenting the traffic light system, but pretty much fall off a cliff when it uh, comes to presenting your recommendations. So we actually use the power of good, better, best to present recommendations, which we'll show you today. So that's, um, that's a big part of the platform now and being able to present your findings in the client portal, you can see it sort of all tying together. And uh, what we're actually going to be releasing with the push ticket updates in Q3, so not too long, is our CSAT module as well. So um, the difference there is we always like to use our tech to, to ensure that it's a different way of doing it to add value is that again, we'll use those push notifications. So imagine when the ticket gets closed and up pops this on the screen, a little box that uh, shows the smiley faces. Um, and so the user can give feedback. Because the problem with all the other CSAT tools is that you can really only embed them in the body of the email. Uh, maybe you email it to them as well. So really the only feedback you typically get is when they're really angry or really happy because they've had to go searching for it. Whereas in this instance, we think we'll be able to improve the quality of the feedback, increase the feedback by using that push technology. So, so this is basically uh, where the, the, the platform is, Steve. Um, what do you think? I mean, the, you can see the three pillars there. Um, it's come a long way since we first met you and sort of were banging on about the end user experience part of it. No, this is this is really neat, man. So, um, you know, there there are some other tools. I feel like you were kind of one of the first, if you will, right? But, you know, some other tools have come out since then. Um, and I, I feel like yours is is different, you know, like there's there's um uh, desk director where I mean last I saw they had some I'll call it automation where you know they kind of go through and say here's my problem here's my problem and then there might be a couple buttons to fix it but it's it's mainly just a way to avoid the connect wise or auto task um, uh, end user panel uh, and also to avoid emails right because we're sick of emails. We're also sick of Zoom meetings. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so you know, there's that. And then there's uh, there's yours. There's, um, what's that other? Gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. Well, that is Cloud Radio as well. Uh, which That's is... the other one I was thinking of. That, yep. that one feels very different from this. I feel like they're they're more focused on on almost trying to turn cloud radio into like a like a sales platform like you know add things to the cart and pay for them where yours is more like let's let's deliver actual service does that make sense yes and, and we're all in this cx platform so everyone's doing it a bit differently but it is starting to blend you know the the cloud radio has has they they for those listening i guess um that can't see the diagram like they they were um, they launched with a client portal and it was all about account management. And then they started to think, oh, we'll, we'll do the end user experience. And, um, and so, and, and they came with sort of an entry level VCAO tool set. And um, so that really the market can start to have a bit of uh, a reduction in stack bloat. And, and that's where this category is going is that you should be able to get a few tools in the one platform, all sitting between you and the client, focusing on support and making the customer experience of support better, but also focusing on account management, 
and sales with VCAO and these types of things. So it's fascinating on where it's going. And I think yeah, the market yeah. deserves a couple of options that are doing similar things. If we all do very different things, it's, it's sort of a fractured way of looking at it. So you've probably got uh, EnviroSoft and Cloud Radial pushing the boundaries of delivering the complete platform. Uh, Desk Director was the incumbent and, you know, they've done great things and they really started the industry, this particular category. So, you know, kudos to them. But I think it's starting to go a bit further of where they took it. And um, interestingly, it's based on market feedback. It's based on partners, you know, intuitively thinking, well, no, I need X, Y, Z. And um, the stack bloke piece um, is an interesting one because there's a lot of smaller MSPs that are being asked to go, oh, well, I'll have $100 for this and $100 for that. And so if you can start to kind of group those down and replace things like, well, get a CX platform for one thing, get your VCO, get your CSAT, um, and get all of this sort of stuff in, in the one platform, web forms, um, you know, all these types of things that you might be having little little products out the side to do. I think that's where the market's going. So it's fascinating. Mm. Absolutely. So I, I do you have more you want to show us? Yeah, on so, this? so basically th this is a bit of a roadmap of where Virasoft is going. So in um, so we're, what I'm going to be talking about today is the client portal, our VCO tools and Office 365 integration. I mentioned our Microsoft Teams app, push ticket updates and CSAP. We've got a lot, lots coming in the pipeline. So we're, we're turning the IT control panel application into a mobile version. Um, and um, there's lots of other stuff coming down the pipeline, which is quite exciting. So you can have a look there. Um, but really what I want to say just to set the scene here, because it is a new category. So for those of you that are trying to figure out, well, what do you, that's great. You've built this platform between the two end user and the PSA, but what, why would I bother? Well, the reason that you would actually invest in our platform or any of these platforms really is to A, differentiate yourself and help you convert some more support deals. It's pretty competitive out there. A lot of people focus more on trying to get leads, but don't spend a lot of time on how to actually differentiate themselves. So have a think about whether or not you genuinely are different in how you do things. And platforms like this are the things that the customer uses. It's the thing they get. If you don't give them something like this, they're pretty, you're just a voice over the other end of the phone, the odd polo person with a polo that turns up, the odd consulting call. So this is the day-to-day -day visible value. So you cannot underestimate how much it helps you convert more deals. It absolutely helps you improve productivity. Every time you waste time triaging a ticket, having to call the customer back saying, what did you mean by that over email? It is a waste of time. Even if you're a small MSP, it adds up. And so it's the efficiency of getting the right information, getting the device diagnostics coming in, saving that time, reducing tickets, unnecessary tickets with bots, et cetera. This is where it's going. And clients love it. Don't underestimate what the client wants. A lot of MSPs go, no, no, that's impersonal. I completely disagree with 21 years of MSP you know, experience. They want two things, fast and accurate support, and they don't care where they, how they get that. So if you can deliver it through this newer technology, it's the way to do it. Improving customer experience has a direct correlation is the third um, area ROI that you get, which is helping you improve your CSAT scores, improving, increasing referrals. I saw a post on Reddit the other day going, oh my God, I get no referrals. Well, you get most of your referrals from the end users. So having a great experience like this, when they move from one client to the next and actually go, oh my God, I've now got an email and call for support before I had this awesome app and portal and it was so much easier. That's where you get referrals. 
Um, better communication. So our live chat, inbound, outbound. You don't have to do inbound, but you can do outbound. Push technology, client portal, all that sort of stuff helps with communication. Uh, increased security is another area um, that you get an ROI, so identity management. A lot of people are doing some very convoluted ways of setting passwords, so having all that bundled up in one solution is, is the way to do it with uh, identity management piece. And then improved account management and sales. So really, you'll see today how we're able to in improve your um, sales success around your uh, recommendations for your VCIO process and advisory process. So have a think about you know which one of these really makes sense for your MSP because that those are the important areas. And in the context of how we differentiate from these other platforms, um, we absolutely feel we've got the best desktop app and client portal. As you can see on the screen there, um, and for those listening, we really focus on UI, right? Simple app at the front for the user that goes to a beautiful client portal, fully branded with your branding. And, um, and we think that's really important for utilization and, um, and putting your brand front and center. So we're across all devices. Our VCO tool, we are self-proclaiming this is number one, even though we've just launched it. So it's a bit cheeky, but the reality is um, when you see how we're doing our good, better, best, you'll go, right, okay, that makes sense. Um, number one in utilization for sure. Um, we've really focused on this. The UI is part of that, but we also, uh, Steve, have built um, automated training bots that pop up and automatically train users on the software, linking it through to training videos and documentation, that type of thing. So it's all automated so, because you well, go for it. I, I was just going to say, so, so hold on a second. You have little robots in your software now. We're calling them bots. They're, they're basically using our push technology. It's just an easier way to describe it. But yeah, it is. It's all okay. automated. So as remember, when you've, when you've got stuff uh, changing at all your clients all the time, it's all very well rolling out a software like this on day one. You go, great, I've done it. But then staff keep changing. So they don't know where to get a hold of you. So using the, the, self, so, um, um, the training bot, sorry, um, that's where you can schedule these bots to pop up straight after you've loaded the agent. You can then have a reminder after 30 days. Like it's, it's the way that you just ensure utilization. The biggest downside of any of this type of stuff is just making sure people use it. And that's where we've put a lot of focus on it. I understand like, you know, the automation of here, here, Mr. Client, here's this new tool for you. Um, it's, it's going to pop up some, uh, notifications every now and then and kind of show you um, even more things that you can use it for other than just clicking a button to open a ticket because this is such a valuable tool. Please, please, please go through these little training things. They only take a, a minute or two each time one pops up. Now, when, and I just want to clarify, I think I heard when you launch a new feature, you when you when the app is loaded on the device, you can set it mm -hmm. to the training bot to pop up after 15 minutes or four hours or whatever you want as part of loading it. So you don't even have to think in terms of training. And so and you can also create on-demand training bots. So if you've just updated a network and you want to send a particular client some training, um, then basically this bot pops up on their screen links to whatever it is that you need to talk to them about and trains them. Now, we're just really just trying to use push technology to cut through the noise of email. That's the purpose of it, is to automate training, but also facilitate better training, better visual training so that they don't miss it. Because as you said earlier, we're all hating email. I bet you a million bucks everyone listening to this 
wakes up every day looking at how many emails they can delete to start their day. So users are the same at your clients. They're not reading anything. Um, and that's where push technology, you can't really escape it. It's, it's there. It's, it's popped up on your screen. So That's, that's really nice, man. So I, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm really interested in, in some of these features. I, I can't wait to get to the slide. Let's, yeah, let's get stuck into it. Um, so just yeah. the last part of differentiating, the tech tools we think we do a pretty good job. We are easy to set up and manage. Uh, some of the other uh, of our competitors are quite complicated. Um, and, and so that's where we're really focusing on that. And interestingly, Steve, it's now patented technology, would you believe? So, um, yeah, the, the, we have the patent for being able to customise an app in this way of the buttons, et cetera. Um, that's really cool. Uh, for IT support. So I mentioned this before, the stack bloat piece, this is, this is where the market's going in terms of reducing these point solutions and getting it all into one platform. So it is fascinating on where it's going. Uh, we're now integrating with lots of different tools to be able to be the hub of that whole customer experience and, and it'll just keep increasing over time. And so let's get stuck into these new features. So this is, this is now uh, a quick example. I can show you when we get through these slides, um, it, um, as well, but you know, this is where we had our app. It loads up, looks good, fantastic. But we now have this button which enables you to link through the client portal. So you, you click on that, up comes your beautiful portal. And Steve, I've, I've done it in your branding as well, just to give people an example of um, what their branding can look like. So as you can see, they're really focusing on your brand in terms of the portal. What do you I'm think? Not gonna lie, that that looks pretty sexy. Yeah. So. I don't even need it, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, and it, it is important when you see it um, with your own branding and all the demos we do with people, it's always in your branding. So you can really get a sense of it. Um, and, you know, you got to think well, as well with our branding. If you're doing a little bit of co-managed, um, put it in the branding of that, that larger client, put it in their branding. So when they open it up, it's all there. So you've got that full flexibility with our platform but do not underestimate with a customer experience platform, the branding um, side of things, because you really, they want to go to your website, see you, then they get this client portal and all sort of looks similar. And, and that's where you've got that flexibility. So in terms of the actual client portal itself, the big thing to understand here, Steve, is that our client portal is fully customizable. So think WordPress. This is just a menu that I've created, but you could create whatever you want and you can have a default client portal that all your clients see, or, as I said before, you can customize um, something for another client and then assign it to them. So when they open up their portal, they'll see a different menu, they might see a different branding, whatever you want. And that's the big part of our platform, which none of the others are doing. So this is a screenshot of the back end where you can come in and actually go and configure your client portal menu. And you can see all these different menu items. So if anyone's used WordPress, you'll get the gist of it. Um, you can drag them around and put them in different spots and then link them off to wherever you want to go. So, um, you know, some of the stuff we've got in here is hard coded, such as your tickets um, and, and approvals, VCO is hard coded, a service catalog, you can link to these menu items, or you can have a link to a document link. There is basically these custom web pages. So you can create whatever web page you want and put it in our portal, right? So fully customizable. If you've got, some tools that enable you to embed code, um, such as Lucid Charts, for example. You can have your network diagrams 
you know, have a page that says, you know, network diagrams and, and have links to all that sort of stuff or embed it in there. So whatever you want to do, you can do that with the client portal menu. Um, you can see all your tickets. We had this for a while, but it wasn't um, wrapped up in the nice portal. So now our ticket view syncing from the PSA comes through that um, user can see all their tickets. The main contacts can see all the tickets. They can click on the details and close comment on a ticket. So all that visibility in the one spot, which is fantastic. Uh, you've got our VCAO platform, which I'll, I'll talk about a bit now. And this is something that we, I'll, I'll talk a bit now. And, and if we want to dig deeper into it and I'll show you it live, then we can do that. Um, but this is where we, in, in this category evolving and the market clearly saying we want a VCO is bundled up in it, we've brought our IP to the table. And as you can see here, we've got an approach where we do an actual presentation to the client where you have an overview and audit recommendations and roadmap. And you basically create these presentations for that customer. So to, to sort of run through it, um, this is the back end where you create a presentation so that this new VCIO section here in our portal and you can basically create audits per client. So that's where you're sort of starting to create your traffic light system. We are also going to be building our assessments functionality. So you'll be able to build out all your assessments for each client and then um, move those through to audits. Um, we've got you create presentations, which is the, what you saw before. Um, solution options, so you can templatize the solution options in what we um, have in our recommendations, our good, better, best. And then you've got templates of audits and presentations. So lots you can do in here, but just to show you how it works, so this is using some different branding again, just to give you the sense of it, is the client opens up um, the audit recommendations and we have an overview page first. So you basically can write whatever you want, have whatever diagrams you want and talk to them about, well, we're here today to talk about your audit. This is what your goals are. Is that correct? It's basically a place just to start the meeting. Most of the tools don't do that. The next part is our audit. So you can now run through your uh, traffic light system. Your, you might have 27 things you check, whatever the number is, and you go through each item and you go, well, that's green, 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 or yellow, which means that you know probably need to do something in six months, or red, that's super urgent. Um, and so, Steve, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Most of the tools do an okay job of that. That's okay. Like they, they'll do an okay job of presenting those recommendations, uh, those findings. So, um, but what do you think most users say when you get to the end of presenting recommendations? Oh, sorry, of your findings. So you've just shown them all these green, yellow, and red. What, what do you think they say once you've said that? What's it going to cost me to fix all this? <laughs> what do you recommend? And it's, the, it's yeah. at this point where most of the VCO tools pretty much, you were right, um, just have an arbitrary maybe field where like I'm looking at my screen here, looking at a, a um, one of the areas which might be firewall and they might have an, an arbitrary area just to say, well, it's budget expectations, two grand. And the client's like, okay, so is it two grand or? So it's really just sort of one number. So when I click to the next screen, you'll see how we do it. So we basically have built, um, taken what we've been doing in a Word document for 11 years, and we've been absolutely nailing it. I think it's why we, we've scaled because we sell well to people. We engage them in the process. So what's on the screen here is a table that basically is a good, better, best. You can label it whatever you want, cloud, hybrid, on-premises, whatever. And you have network diagrams, which you can present. And you basically, it's three columns with, with the um, 
uh, good, better, best options. So the whole idea is to use the buying psychology of good, better, best. You create your first column, which is your good. This is where you give them the minimum they need. So if a server is actually okay, but it's out of warranty, the first option is actually to extend the warranty. It's an option. It's not a great option. It's not a long-term option, but it's an option. You can get them for another year and at least it's covered and you can replace the, the drives and the, and the fans and all that sort of stuff if, if they die. Um, and most people won't do that. And what we've found is, is that if you build out the minimum, so the, the minimum they need, and then let's say that costs about 10 grand, you then arbitrarily make the next one about 20 grand and the next one about 40 grand, right? And so buying psychology suggests that you, you have the first two close together in price um, intrinsically and the third one is an anchor to make the other two look more affordable. When you present it this way, the client actually feels like you're on their side. They've been engaged in the buying process and now they go through and the way we've built this is they can then click on the one they want and it starts adding it up down the right-hand side, right? As their client preferred, the fourth column is what they've selected. So you go through this with them. They've been completely engaged in the process. They've, you've, you've shown your acumen by giving them options and they feel like they lean in and they choose to buy rather than literally being sold to with a take it or leave it proposition, which is what most MSPs do. Here's a quote, do you want it? And then the client goes dark and goes, oh, let me think about it. Whereas in this instance, they're actually engaged and making buying decisions here. Now, this is not designed to be a quote. This is designed, which is why you can templatize solutions. It's like a 90% accurate pricing because it's a sales tool. It's just to get out of them, like, well, what do you want to do in your environment? So when you get to the end of this, the whole idea is to say to them, right, I'm going to do a quote on this, so what's standing in the way of going ahead based on the things you've chosen? And when you send the quote to them, you're able to actually grab the URL of this presentation and send that through to them because we all know they conveniently forget the fact that you just spent an hour going through something like this with them. So by having the ability to send an email with the quote, with the link to this presentation, um, it's complete visibility. So that's how we've been doing it on the recommendation side. Before I show the roadmap bit, what do you think, Steve? This is no other tool does this, and we're really excited to bring this bit to market. I've got to say I'm pretty impressed, man. So uh, I'm I'm just going to continue to name drop some things here. Um, audit for IT. You've heard of them. I feel yep. like from what I'm seeing here, this is doing kind of what they're doing. And then also taking it a couple steps further by giving the client options and actually having the pricing built into the, the platform. Um, now, I, I will ask you this, just because I'm still a little fuzzy on, on some of this stuff. So with, with that other platform, I know that we would have the ability to like customize the items that are in the lists. So if if they don't have a tape drive, maybe maybe I'm more worried about just backups in general, for example. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You can customize whatever audit. You, basically, the way it works is you create an audit list for the client. There might be 30 things that you've audited. And then when it comes time to create a presentation, you might say, well, no, I, want to, I only want to talk about the red items or I only want to talk about uh, these five things. And then you create your presentation with those five. And you can split them up into categories such as infrastructure or communications or whatever you want. You then have a network diagram for each one. So you can have a link to that and visually show them what that solution would look like if they went option one, two or three. 
So complete flexibility over what you present. Yeah, this is this is impressive. I'm I'm really excited about what I'm seeing here. Um, now, are we able to, if for example, um, we did not, we While presented the whole I'll, thing. I'll, I'll exit here and um, yeah. if you yeah. go back to the presentation, you can see my kids there. Hey guys. Um, so this is the <laughs> this is the client portal. <laughs> uh so there it is in your branding this i'm on a 13 inch laptop so it's a bit bit small on the screen here but um the this is your vcio and this this will sort of give you a better representation of um of the good better best so this is where you can come through and look at this click and is this um, am i seeing this as the client this is as the client so this is you as rocket msp it's your client portal and this is the presentation that you've created for this client, right? So, so they can, they can just come in here and view this without me at any time because yeah. they forgot or whatever. Correct. And they can save it. So you can save the solution. So they might go, well, okay, well, let me go away and have a wee think about it. And then you have another meeting later based on them having a think about it. It's better to do it at the time. But if you've got quite a lot of things to go through, then they, you may need a couple of meetings to get through it all. But um but yes, this is where you can see here, you can see how it highlights, you can have extra notes on each thing so they know what's going on, you know, so little notes. Um, now, and then also, Sorry, go for oh, it. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that I also see that you're able to like select these and then it and then it adds it all up. Correct. What it's is, all adding up down the bottom so they can then see what their total is. And that is why it's really important to have your Rolls-Royce package. So the way that Good Better Best works is, is that it caters to three buying personas. The first one, of course, is your budget conscious buyer. The second is the middle of the road. And the third is your Rolls Royce type buyer, somebody that's just like, nah, just give me the lot. Now those those people are very, that's a low percentage. So that's maybe five or less percent. So really the whole idea is to drive them into the middle. And this serves its purpose of being an anchor because inevitably when they add up that pricing at 30 grand, as you can see here, versus the 40 in the premium option, theoretically they're saving 10 grand, right? And they can fiddle around with it to get it to where they need to go. And so this is the difference in the power of that buying psychology, which is a research thing. Like it's a full on proven methodology for selling things to people. And I think that the days of just this, give them an option and chase them down is it's not like, sorry, give them one quote and then chase them down. It's not the way to sell. We've been doing this, this methodology for 11 years, as I say, and, and they lap it up and you've got to think about it this way. Think about it this way. You get a new client opportunity and we always try and sign up a support deal without actually having to do an audit. Um, and let's, but let's say that client says, no, 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 no. I want, I want you to do an audit first because I want to compare what everyone recommends. Now, when you come back to a new client that's never seen you before and you present a solution builder this way, mate, you stand out like a sore thumb compared to the other guys. Because the other guys basically just shove one quote in front of their face, maybe a couple of quotes in that way. So maybe they do do a couple of quotes, but it's still a bit hard for the client to understand. When you run through this methodology with a new client prospect, they just think you're the best. It stands out like a sport because nobody does it. We're hoping that everybody will start to do this because it's not, whilst that's a differentiator in terms of winning new business, the, the true value of this is to get people to make buying decisions faster, right? And I yeah, will put it to nice. most people listening. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll put it to most people listening that let's say you have 50 clients. I bet you a million bucks 
there's about 10 grand's worth of stuff you could probably sell to those 50 clients. And the biggest inhibitor to growth for most MSPs that I've noticed now after speaking to hundreds of them is that they're inefficient in actually going and having those conversations. And even if they were having those conversations, um, they aren't great at presenting what, what they should buy. And that also slows down the sales process. So a lot of MSPs running around saying, well, I want to grow. I actually think a big part of growth is your sales efficiency. It's about getting out there and having the conversation faster than you ordinarily would and squeezing that pipeline of 500 grand as the example into a shorter period of time. You'll probably sell them stuff. I'm, I'm sure you will as an MSP. You'll sell them some stuff eventually. But the ones that grow faster, just do it fast. That's the only difference. And this is the sort of tool set that enables you to, to get the customer to make a fa faster buying decision because they've chosen to buy rather than being sold to, as I say. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Now, what if, hypothetically, uh, they don't want to do any of the backup. Can they deselect the NAS Correct. Or do yeah, so there's backup uh, up there. Yeah, so let's just deselect it. It's gone. All right. Easy. So so I just want to make sure for the for the people that are listening, what we're seeing is we're seeing a, a grid. Um, it's It's got the, the different um, items that we are auditing. So backups, desktops, firewalls, servers, et cetera. It's got their status based on the traffic light. And then it's got good, better, best. And then each each block for the good, better, best, it just gives them options for the, the audited item. And then the last column is client preferred. And that shows which item or items they have selected for each of the audited things. Is that that you Does just have it. That's actually a really good way of articulating it. And in the back end, these are actually called um, the items as well. So you, you nailed it. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we'll keep working on that. So as I say, the, the next part of this will be bringing in our assessments functionality to sort of flow into these audits in that sense. If you want to kind of keep, um, if you have a, a checklist that you just want to keep running through with every client, making sure that you sort of uh, checking everything in their environments. But at the heart of it, this is the type of tool, hand on heart, I know from experience that will help you sell more. And clients will fall off their chair when you start presenting this way. It's it's fascinating to watch. I actually kind of giggle to myself when I watch a client go through it because you just look at their behavior and it's it's completely leaning in and 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 they start debating, you know, if there's two or three of them in the room, they'll go, oh, what do you think? You know, oh yeah, no, I reckon option two. And they start having this, and that's just awesome in a sales sense like to watch people go through that buying process, you know, visually um, and physically. It's quite funny. Now, I've got to ask, obviously, you, you kind of put this together as a, as a demo. So when you are selling for your MSP, I suspect you're using this exact same tool. Well, we've been doing it in a Word document. So this is new. We've only just launched this. This is why we sort of wanted to get out and onto your podcast and have a chat to everybody. Mm -hmm. We're starting to we're we're starting the, the process of using it ourselves, and our team can't wait because it's so much better to be able to have it visual in the client portal all the time versus having to sort of email them the document that we just went through in that sense. Um, okay. Plus, this this digital way of being able to click and add up immediately, which you obviously can't do in a Word document, is so much better. So, and it just proves that it's. It's not so much the fact that it's in a digital format. It's the format itself that is the thing that is going to help you sell. So you can either do it in Word or you can do it here. But this just makes it look beautiful. 
it adds it all up and um, and works really well in that regard. So yeah. So so my my actual question that was going to go along with, or I assumed that this is something that your MSP is. What information would you actually recommend MSPs put in here? Because I see like Dell Entry, Dell Medium, Dell Advanced. Like, well, yeah, look, the way it works is, and I might this, uh, this is the back end, it may have logged me out, but th this is the example where you come through here and you create these presentations. So, this is the presentation you're looking at now, edit it. And you can see here where you can logically see how we're trying to make it super easy to use. So, you just come through, these are your audit items. You can have a separate audit item list for a client and then bring whatever you want into a presentation, if that makes sense. So, you can keep an audit list going with that client at any time. Um, and so these are the audit items. And when you come through to doing your recommendations, this is what it looks like in the back end where you can, can, you can create these options. So rather than having to create this over and over again each time, this is where we thought, okay, well, let's just make sure that you can actually build out solution options. So this is where you can come through. I haven't filled all these in, but, you know, under each of the the items that you might have a solution for. So this advanced threat protection, backup, collaboration, which is sort of like Office 365, dark web monitoring, desktops, disaster recovery, whatever it is, there's probably a couple of options. Good, better, best. There usually is. Even if there isn't, you can, you can just have two there. You don't have to have all three. But the point is um, you then create these as solution options in the back end. So you probably spend a couple of hours bidding all this out and you're ready to go to pump out these presentations. And what you can also then do is that under the settings, so these are where you create, these are the headers of the table. So this is, we're looking at some category items here. These are just words that you can add and delete. We, it comes prepackaged with a whole lot of things. Um, so that's the categories of the table. But then you've got all your types. This is what you talked about before quite rightly. They're all different types. So again, advanced threat protection, backup, whatever. And then, you can then, once you've created your templates, assign those templated solutions to a type. So every time you build a, a presentation, it's already got pricing. Boom, done. So the whole idea is to do it quickly. And a lot of people will ask, oh, but can you link into the quoting tools? No, that's not the point of it. We all know that creating an accurate quote actually does take some time. Going back to Dell and RHP and configuring it and getting you know, maybe you registered the deal or whatever, like it takes ages. So this is where you can templatize for the most part, be 90% accurate on what the pricing is. It doesn't matter if it's not 100% accurate. It's not the point of what we're doing here. What we're doing here is to say, hey, you've got some problems. Here are some options to fix it. Which one are you leaning to? And getting them to make some buying decisions that way. So yes, yeah, so this is where you templatize the whole thing. So a wee bit of effort at the start, but once you're done, you can absolutely just rip through these presentations and and um, get them done super super fast. Does that make yeah. sense? It does, yeah. but it doesn't actually answer the question that I was trying to ask. So, <laughs> when when filling that out, whether you're building it as a template or just a one-off for a client, the the good, better, best. Mm -hmm. How much information is too little information, and how much information is too much? Like when when you for your MSP would would use this tool to sell to somebody. Mm -hmm. What kind of information would you be putting as their three options to choose from? Would it just be like generic Dell entry, Dell medium, Dell advanced, or would you maybe try to expand upon that? Well, look, servers are always going to be a wee bit more complicated, but the, the better example here is, is 
the fact that the first one is an extended warranty. Most people won't ever do that. My MSB always does things like that because it makes them feel like you're on their side. You, you say, no, I don't recommend the extended warranty because it's only a year, but they can choose it if they want to, right? Um, so it's better to sort of, to answer that question, service is probably not the best example because of course they can be customized, but you know, even just entry level service tend to be, you know, eight grand in Australia. They are. I don't know what it is in the US. It's very expensive, but something that's going to last three to five years, probably six to eight grand, somewhere in that range. Right. And then a better one might be a bit more. So it's, it's just, it's just setting the scene of the general gist of how much that might cost. Right. Um, but certainly for desktops, that's easy. You know, you, you generally there'll be like maybe a $1,500 desktop, an $1,800 desktop and a $2,500 desktop. Like it is what it is like, and they'll have different things. And that's where you can put notes in there to say, well, this differs by having, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, better processor. And, and this one's designed for someone that's just, uh, you know, doing a lot of Adobe Photoshop or, or, you know, video production stuff or whatever. So, um, so you can really get as detailed as you want or not. And with the service, you obviously, you say, well, look, this is, we recommend extended warranty. The first one, the, the next one we, we put in this server, this will be good. It'll run your VMs, but, um, the, the enterprise one's going to last you a lot longer. If you're thinking your business is going to scale, you're not quite sure, you know, that's where you can start to paint the picture that if, they want to scale fast as a client, then you might want to go a beefier one so you can put more VMs on it. If you feel like your growth is not as, you know, um, fast, then maybe this, the medium sized one will do the trick. What are you leaning towards? You know, so it's about having that type of conversation with a customer. Oh yeah, no, I don't mm -hmm. think we're going to grow that fast. So I think the medium, great. Well, that's what we'll do a quote on that middle one. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Um, and maybe this is me overthinking things because that's, that's what I'm good at. So yeah. let's say um, a client is looking at, we'll just talk about the, the tape backup drive. I assume they currently have something and it's just not good enough, which is why you've got the status as red. Or maybe mm -hmm. they don't have anything at all. So obviously there's the good, better, best options. So if they do good, are they still red? Are they yellow? Are they green? Will the good oh, once, once you do off? any of these options, you are intrinsically solving the problem, therefore going from red to green. So remember, you don't build out solutions that aren't going to solve the problem. Like it, it has to solve the problem. So you just got to figure out in the good column what's going to be the minimum they can do that's the most affordable option. Sometimes it's just not affordable, like putting in a NAS, for example, and then the backup. It, those things are quite expensive. Well, you can have entry net level ones, you know what, you know, the Synology type thing, or you can go the full proper Dell NAS. So there's always options. Um, and um, yeah, so they should always solve the problem. And then uh, once they've made that decision, it goes great. Now, what we're going to also do on that note, this is something that we've identified in our own MSP that could be a bit better. Um, and I think it's going to be a great addition. So we're going to have a crack at that as a phase two, which I don't think is that hard, which is if they don't select certain things, then we will be able to create an automated email monthly to the client basically saying, Hey, just letting you know, still red. And this is a risk to you, but we're letting you know. Hmm. And that is serving the purpose of 
covering your own butt to some degree that you did tell them and you've been regularly telling them that that has not been solved yet. Um, and just, it obviously serves a purpose of, of, of a sales side of things, but it, it's, it's ticking a, bu- a bunch of boxes because it's all very well to do a presentation like this. Um, but then you might take six months to get back to them again, once you've actually solved a few things. So having some regularity around that communication of what's still outstanding, I think would be quite helpful. What do you think? Would that be helpful as a, an email? Imagine getting an email with a bunch of red stuff. You might have red and yellow in it. What do you think? I think it's a, a terrible idea. <laughs> 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 no, I, I think you're on to something here, man. Now, um, I, I will say this. Uh, your your product did seem kind of incomplete in the past, and uh, it it feels much more complete these days. Yeah, look, it's it's definitely taking shape. And just I'm showing there as well in this VCO, just to wrap that up, is that you've obviously got the roadmap as well. So you, you can actually then present quarter by quarter the roadmap so that, again, the client has visibility. It's, it's kind of like a almost like a mini project plan in a way um, of who, you know, what, what are we doing next? Who's assigned to it? But the cool thing is because it is a client portal, they can comment on this and it'll send you an email. When you get the email, you'll just be able to click a button It'll log you straight back into the, well, it'll send you to the portal. And if you, your login details are there, you go straight through to the page where you can comment back to the to the customer. So that's where you can sort of, they'll see these this commentary going back and forth as part of that overall ICT sort of review. So, so that's just sort of getting back into the presentation. So to kind of hold me to account here, um, that's where we're going with it and, and, I'm super excited. No other tool does the good, better, best side of things. So if you want to reduce stack bloat and get a full CX platform plus VCAO that actually is very good, because we don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none or some. We want to be like, if we build something, we want it to be awesome and we want it to be a valid competitor to the standalone tools. Um, so that's what we're talking about there. So the other cool thing that's quite popular out there is the, the concept of this services catalog. So you're actually now be able to build out your services catalog. It's more of an ITSM concept um, where you can then link these two forms. And um, these forms will then log through as a ticket. And we've also got in the forms the ability to, for users to actually sign off on, on it as well if you want to sort of have a pseudo type ordering form in that sense. So you can then break it up into different category headings. So underneath service catalog, you could have general or Microsoft licensing or advisory or whatever you want dropping down. I can show you that in a sec, but um, that's been very popular and is a concept that more and more MSPs are starting to get their head around in terms of being able to show all the different things that they could provide to the customer. Um, Office 365 and Azure integration, you're able to now do a couple of things. So firstly, you'll be able to show the Office 365 subscriptions in the portal. Um, you'll be able to sync users from Office 365 into your PSA. So you all know that it's a bit tricky to keep the PSA updated. This is the way you'll be able to do that. Office 365 reporting you'll be able to generate to customers and we're bringing out our Azure AD sync as well. So that is the ability to authenticate our agents using the Azure connection. So fully Office 365 integrated, the market really wanted that. And, and so that's that's what the platform's bringing to the table, which is fantastic. Uh, devices, this is where you can show your devices. So we're the first round of this, um, where you'll be able to, in the client portal, bring up all of their desktop, laptops, et cetera. Um, we're getting that information from our agent. 
Um, the future will be that we'll start to do stuff with RMM tools, but at the moment it's just our agent bringing that data through. And it's um, categorizing them in a little table, green, yellow, red, based off the BIOS age. That'll be our first iteration. And then we'll look to be able to filter that by other things such as RAM and OS and all that type of thing. But again, it's really serving the purpose to say, hey, you've got five red devices. You need to swap those out. And it's just giving them that visibility um, to help you improve um, your sales efficiency and, and replacing ones that need to be replaced. So it's ticking a few boxes there. Um, our knowledge base, you'll be able to bring in all the training videos. We already have an integration with Bigger Brains, um, and we'll be bringing the Bigger Brains set of um, like videos into the client portal as well. But if you just want to whip up your own knowledge base and have certain articles there and link it through to IT Glue, you can do that already. So conceptually, you can again build out whatever pages you want with whatever information you want in it. Um, and so, just to sort of close out the the client portal side of things. I just think this is the future. This is, it's the app that's there that they know how to find because that solves the behavioral problem of them not knowing where to go. Can't be a URL, has to be some sort of app. It's the best example is Word versus, you know, Word inside Office 365. Most people still use the desktop app because it's just easier to get to. It's the same with IT support. You need a desktop app of some way, shape or form. And certainly the Teams app will help complement that. But when you see in a sec, Steve, um, some of the stuff we're doing with the identity security, you'll realize why having your own agent actually helps as well, uh, especially with our push technology and training bots and those sorts of things. You can't, you will never be able to do that inside. Um, so yeah, overall, you like the client portal? Very much. This is something you haven't seen before, IT control panel. This is the app. It looks vaguely familiar, I'm sure. It kind of looks like Microsoft Teams. Um, and this is where you, you get your app as an engineer to now do chat secure verification and these types of things. So with chat fully branded, um, you, the user can chat through and um, they can close and save chats, all that sort of jazz. And you then get to operate that within this IT control panel app. So super slick pops up front, front and center as the engineer to take chats and you can work on multiple chats at the same time. Most MSPs will probably just do outbound. Outbound use cases are, you know, you just want to speak to someone about an issue. Uh, you might want to let them know you're running late to a telephone meeting or a Zoom meeting. Um, to me, this is what the future of IT support should be. It should be innovative. It should be modern. It should be, in, you know, using this sort of technology rather than just email. And if you're a bigger MSP listening, then you can do the full inbound chat, but have it in a seamless interface. The, the, the attempts at doing chat through RMM, it's all been a bit, a bit old fashioned and hasn't been easy to manage. So there aren't a lot of options out there to, to really properly do live chat. And we've come to the market giving you an option to do that. Uh, so secure, I, oh, sorry, go for it. Have you got a question on that one? So um, chat through the RMM. Uh, I've, I've recently gone through kind of a series with synchro and they have chat and for me it seems to work all right i think others have maybe had some issues so i i could see why you maybe want to have them do chat through your platform as long as it works i don't care what platform I, um how how do they get notified if if you start uh so it'll just pop up onto their screen saying hey okay. Uh, with the message straight away. So it's, it's that window popping up that you see there. So that's what the user sees. And if a user goes the other way around, you see down here, you'll see, you'll get a toast message 
your whole IT control panel app will come to the front. You can actually adjust that setting. And, um, and then you get the little button to take the chat. If the, if you can set the back end so that after 60 seconds or 90 seconds, it'll just tell the user, I couldn't connect you. Um, do you want to just log a ticket? Uh, also, if nobody's logged into IT control panel, um, it'll straight away say, I can't connect you. Can you log a ticket? So you don't have to worry about your hours or any and setting, oh, well, I only work from five to nine or, you know, whatever. It'll just, you're either logged in or logged out. And even if someone forgot to log out that, that however long you've put there for it to conk out, so 60 seconds or whatever, that, that will be in play. So, um, but yeah, I think the, the difficulty of a lot of the chat is like how you manage the chat as an, as an, as an engineer. So that's where we're coming to the table with a, a much better interface to actually manage multiple chats at the same time. And certainly um, having it fully branded and accessed via a desktop app because most of the tools, yes, the RMM, you can right click and start to do that. And it's not too bad. Like, uh, you know, that's one option. But then on the other side, the engineer side might be a bit funky. And it's not fully branded. Like they don't often look fully branded. So if you're doing an outbound chat and a gray box popped up, I would as a user be like, whoa, what's going on here? And, and be worried that someone's, you know, hacked into my device. Um, so that's where the branding I think is quite important. Yeah, I, I like that. So the next one is the secure verification. You are able to verify users when they call into your service desk and send that verification push notification to the user. Uh, phase two will be using SMS. Um, it's not there yet, but it's agent to agent at the moment. So you basically search a user, fire off the notification. You can set the timeout of the code entry. Um, and then, and so it's the sort of thing you do over the phone with someone. And then uh, they put the code in and you get it notified that they've actually confirmed their identity. Once you've confirmed their identity, then you can go, all right, I want to send you a secure message. So this is where they do that. Search the user. You've got a code entry timeout, so you can have no timeout on this one, or you can go up to 60 seconds. For the message display, you, you can't have no timeout on that one, but you can you can set the timing there. You put your message in, uh, hit send. They then get this little notification you see there. They put the code in, and then the whatever information you've sent there pops up that they can copy out. So just think sending passwords. Um, they'll be able to quickly click that and get the password. So effectively, um, uh, it's just a better methodology for being able to send that information and it's end-to-end -end encrypted. We don't store any of the data. Um, so now in the one platform, you're able to, you know, send that those passwords through to people. Now, I'm really impressed by that. I think um, identity management I, is kind of what I call that. I don't know. It's it's like 2FA for your people. You know what I mean? And I, I just think that's so important because people are getting like hacked like I, I see, I see like end users are getting hacked and, and tricked and whatever else. And if we just could verify that we're talking to the right person, maybe that'll make them think about ways that they can do something with other vendors. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, it, it's, it's, and it's just showing your sophistication and some clients with higher compliance requirements or security requirements might actually want you to do this sort of stuff. So you might not have to do it with everybody. But again, in the one pane of glass, you've got the functionality to do that type of thing. And, you know, we'll just keep iterating based on feedback. And, and the next thing, as I say, will be um, on the verification side is the SMS. Um, we think that, that that's that's because if you're sitting on your computer and you can't log in, then you can't do agent to agent. So 
but they call up the service desk going, I'm trying to log into this device. You still want to confirm their identity. So that'll be coming as phase two. Um, but you can see now why having IT control panel makes it very clear on why the agent is still really important to roll out, even though we're building the Microsoft Teams app. This is the sort of stuff you won't be able to do in Teams. So it's the complementary aspect of having it everywhere, your IT button everywhere or your icon everywhere to get access to support. So you can also send push messages. We already had push for quite some time, but this is where you're able to quickly send a push to a user using IT control panel. So think about when you've been given a few, an hour to fix someone's computer while they're at lunch. Um, most MSPs I've spoken to, it's almost like nine out of 10, will use a text document and write something in that and leave it open on the device to say, hey, I've finished it and that's great, but it's a text document. So imagine being able to leave your branded push notification that just sits there and waits for them to click OK to get rid of it, saying your PC's fixed, you know, blah, 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 and be able to link it off to something. So um, this is the future. It could be say, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Like, can you call me back, please? Um, you know, that getting your head around how you can use that push technology to just make life a bit easier. Um, so that's been very popular. And then we actually bought, built the functionality in here to log a ticket. So this is more so for your dispatches. And it's it's really when, if you're having to log tickets quickly, doing it in a PSA can be a bit of a convoluted process with it's, you know, 13 steps to do anything. So effectively we thought, well, you know, maybe dispatchers would like the ability to just log a ticket quickly into the system. And so um, you can do that with the app. And it has actually been quite popular. We've been, um, we're, we're unsure what people would think of that one. I don't think engineers would be doing this as often, but certainly um, anyone doing some sort of dispatching or answering phones, it, it's very handy. And then if you log a ticket through this way, our approval rules and these sort of things are at play. And this is what how you actually, when you're in a chat and you want to log a ticket, this is where it will take you to and you can log that chat as a ticket or you can assign that chat to an existing ticket, I should have mentioned at the start. So, so that's what IT Control Panel does. And the future of this is, um, firstly, we're going to have a homepage and you'll be able to build your um, apps in here. So kind of like IT Apps Panel that we've got on the end user app where you can have apps for the client, we're going to have all that there. So you'll be able to break up RMM and all that sort of stuff, PSA, all your tools. And then with our CSAT product, we'll probably build it so that you can see a live looking at feedback coming through as well on the homepage. And the next thing we'll work on, as I mentioned earlier, is the um, is the mobile version. So from your phone, native, beautiful app, we're the only ones doing native apps, well, sorry, apps in general. Our next iteration is native, um, a, a new version, native app for our IT control panel, IT support panel. So it's gonna be amazing. But imagine being able to do all of this from your phone. So boom, easy peasy. So, so yeah, that, that's IT control panel. Before I move on, any questions there? What do you think? It's come a long way since we last saw you. No, no, I, I like it. I, I very, very much like it. Again, I like. I see no way for me to use this for Rocket MSP. Like, what am I going to do? Have have my my podcast listeners install this on on their computers? I, I but I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, look, it's awesome. And I think it's the future. So it's just round one. You've got to remember in this new category, everything's been, there's just a lot of new stuff being created from us and from other vendors. Um, and uh, it's all starting to take shape as those three pillars that I described at the start. So this is just those training bots that I, that I was talking about before. This is actually what I was talking about. So this is what the little window pops up. You can link it through to whatever you want, say whatever you want in the tra training bot. 
And this is the back end where you can come in and configure um, what you actually want the message to be and where you want to link it off to and what the timeframes are. Do you want to repeat all that sort of jazz? So and I just, I just want to clarify. So that whole window on the right is what pops up. It's not a toast message. Yeah, it's the whole window that pops up. They, they have to click it to get rid of it. That's, I, I'm not going to lie. I think that's genius. I think um, people have, have kind of almost become like desensitized to those toast messages. So the fact that you're just kind of getting, getting completely past that and just popping up the whole app, that's perfect. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's super important. And remember, you can do your on-demand too. So I think the future is, is just starting to use this tech to, to just look and feel better. And when you think about, oh, but I'm happy with a phone number on a, on a mouse pad, I, those days are gone. So they've already gone. It's just a matter of time now for the market to catch up at scale. So it's still a new category. It's still kind of starting to grow and people are finding their feet in it uh, as the MSP and as the vendor. Um, so it's interesting. So, so typically what we'd say at this point to people um, is, you know, have a think about what your what you want to do. Do you want to improve CX? Do you want all the stuff we've just been showing you and, and improve referrals and just the overall customer experience of your MSP, especially in a COVID world where everyone's working remotely, can't go on site as much. Um, and so how are you showing your visible value? You, you might want to increase productivity, getting the right information each time. Um, you might want to improve that security, improve the communications, all that VCO or sales process. So have a think about it. And just for anybody listening, um, we do have an offer um, that's going at the moment. So if you go to embarrassoft.com forward slash growth, uh, you can save up to 54%. You can get all our products bundled in to certain uh, packages. Starts at $149 a month for 250 agents, 500 agents, $189. That's where most MSPs fit when they first start out, especially the smaller ones. Um, $249 for a thousand. So we're positioned quite affordably compared to our competitors. And we think we're giving you an absolute value um, bomb in terms of getting this entire platform with the VCIO uh, functionality in the client portal. So, you know, when you think about the fact that you might sell an extra 50 grand or 100 grand over the year by presenting correctly, this sort of pricing is it's arbitrary in the sense of what you can get out of it. Um, so there's no risk. You can pick your subscription start date. Um, so it's embarrassoft.com forward slash growth is the deal and um, this particular deal ends uh, May 31st. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, jump in um, and and um, yeah, we'll be happy to talk to you more about that. Yeah, and, and you can go to, what's that? You can go to envirosoft.com slash growth to see all of the, the pricing on that. And um, I see that you've got kind of three different things that we would need to pay for. There's the agents, there's a one-time onboarding fee, and then there's optional consulting and implementation. Yeah, that's that's an optional one. Um, so just the onboarding, just we will literally do the heavy lifting for you of setting up. We know that most MSBs are time poor. And so our, our nominal onboarding fee of, you know, 289 um, is designed to, uh, well, you can have that one or you can have a full more project managed one for um, 489. Um, but most people are happy with the standard and our VP of success will actually go through and help set up, train and set up this whole platform. There's three things you need to do, which is to set up, set up the platform. And again, we'll help you do that. It's pretty quick. 
to do it um, and and then you've got to deploy it. So you use your RMM tools there to do that and that's reasonably easy to do. And then you've got to train the users, which is, you can imagine where the training bots come in to make that whole process a lot easier. So it's, it's not too hard. And then once you've done all that, uh, onboarding new clients are pretty easy, but we'll do as much heavy lifting as we can. So we'll literally set up web forms for you or customize your branding or configure your logo and set up buttons and, you know, help with the client portal and set all that sort of stuff, help with the VCIO side of things and help you get started there. So it's a, it's a lot of handholding, um, but uh, we understand that that's important um, when you're sort of limited on time. Very cool. Um, do you have more slides? Uh, that's it. So it's really just asking people what's standing in the way. If there's any questions, uh, I'm not sure. Um, oh, yeah. I have questions. You've got questions. Go for it, mate. Oh, Far away. oh yeah. So um, let's see here. <sighs> Make a nice little. Uh, everyone feeling good now, right? That, that was that was really uh, that was really cool seeing all the all the new stuff that you've that you've got going on in this thing. So um, I'm going to ask you some questions about kind of the company and, and the philosophy behind um, how and why you. So besides you know yourself, does Envirosoft have any investors? Uh, not at the moment. So we're we're fully bootstrapped. There's 12 of us in the team and. Um, but as we scale, that, that could be in our destiny to, to raise some money and, um, and scale it out because we, we want to help MSPs and IT teams. Um, mm -hmm. So we're just in the process of really building out the platform and, and you know, getting, getting as many people as we can on board. So, but at the moment, fully bootstrapped and fully focused, the dedicated team to, to basically nail this little category. Excellent. And, you, you know, you mentioned that you might – eventually look to get some funding um would you would you consider like selling envirosoft to one of these big channel companies caseya autotask whoever wants to write write a big check to you well it's not on the agenda at the moment obviously but if if someone came along and, and asked you'd have to consider it i'm sure everyone would appreciate that but i i do understand that boy the sentiment around that and what it means for the for the acquired company in terms of its roadmap and ability to just be innovative and move forward, there's implications there potentially. So I don't think, uh, yeah, and so that we understand that. But I mean, for me right now, that's that's not on the table. It's not a focus, and we're just trying to innovate and improve the way this is all done in the CX side of things, and we'll keep doing that. And um, and it's really. You know, Envirosoft is a funny name. It was actually really hard to find a name, to be honest. I probably should have tried a bit harder because it's a funny one to spell if you just say it to somebody. But um, but that's the, the reason why it's called Envirosoft is that's it's a sort of a very, very loose derivative of the word innovation. And that's where we're, where we're coming from. So the DNA of the company, and it's also from my MSP as well, is to try and innovate this whole process. So... So you'd hope that if anything like that happened in the future, that the DNA of the business wouldn't change. Of course, it's Absolutely. nice to say that. If you're in the hands of someone else, there's not much you can do about it, I guess. But it's not on the table right now. Probably not worth worrying about um, for anyone listening at this point. Um, all right. Let's talk about employees. Uh, Envirosoft has employees. Besides. Mm -hmm. And are they all employees of Envirosoft? Are they employees of your MSP? 
Oh, there's completely separate entity, as I say. So, yeah, we've got um, Jessica Ross is our VP of sales. So if you want to book in a demo, just go to Embarasoft.com forward slash try and you'll um, inevitably get connected with Jessica. So she'll she'll um, guide you through the demo wherever you are in the world. And um, we've got our VP of success who's based in North America time zone and his name's Manuel. So he, he basically is, um, is charged with, onboarding and making sure you get the best out of the platform, et cetera. Um, we've obviously got our VP of product, Dean Turnbull, who's um, uh, basically leads up the business from the, the product side, the infrastructure side. And, um, you know, his DNA, he's had, you know, years of experience in the MSP space and um, he, he came from our MSP and is, is now heading up this, this business in that regard. So underneath um, his and his team, that's where we've got a series of, of developers and QA people um, all employed by Envirosoft. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, a full team separate entity and we did it that way um, so that there, there was a, a, a difference between the two businesses. Good for you. And, and you said the development and QA teams are employees, not contract. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, we've, we've got, as I say, the 12 people are all um, full-time employees in Envirosoft. Where's, where's everyone located? Mostly Australia uh, or North America, or you got any like mostly Australia? Yes, the team's mostly in Australia at this point, um, and um, yeah, just sort of uh, working away there on, on what they need to be done. So I, I think as we scale in the future, we'll, we'll have to start to look at um, teams in you know growing teams in the North America region and and even Europe as well. We're going to a lot of positivity from Europe. If it wasn't clear, um, we're actually in five languages, Steve. Um, so, uh, and so we're, we're getting a bit of interest now in Europe, um, partly because we hadn't actively promoted there, but we, we will be doing um, a few things in Europe this year, which is exciting. And, um, so we've got people from Germany and, and Spain and, and, uh, France and all these sorts of countries, uh, operating in Dutch or whatever it happens to be. So, um, so I think that's where the future will be. Was, as with any business, that you have to be in software global from day one, and therefore, at some point, you'll start to grow teams in different regions. Now, you you said you've got five different languages. How many variations of English have? Because th- we spell things differently here in the states because we are spe- uh, correct. And I've even found myself spelling that way just so I'm not confusing people. Um, so I've sort of ruined my own way of doing it. But the um, uh, yeah, I think it's U.S. English, uh, and I think I think there's U.S. Australian and British, the three of them. And and do those count as three of your five languages? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hadn't thought of it that way. No, English was just English. Okay. No, so we're in English, uh, French, Spanish, uh, Dutch, and German. Wow, that's really. Cool. Mm. Um, all right, let's um, let's talk about why MSPs should be using. Envirosoft. What um, what are you doing? I mean, you, you really you showed us the demo, but what are you doing differently to disrupt the marketplace from your competitor? Well, look, it really comes down to those three pillars. So effectively, we think we've got the best agent. So if you think it break up that answer that question into three areas. So you want to have an awesome end user experience, and I honestly think we've got the number one there. Simple and easy to use. Our competitors fundamentally have sort of but a very complicated end user look and feel. And we've 
through trial and error in my own MSB found that actually this, the more simple you make it, the better. Um, and, and therefore that increases utilization. If they can go to an IT button or your icon and just see a button that says log ticket or client portal, they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. And it gets high utilization. If they open something up and there's 8,000 different icons they can select, it's very confusing and it will ruin the, the utilization of it. So, on the end user experience, we think our tech is the best. It's fully customizable. You can't do that with any other tool. You can have whatever buttons and appearances and news and apps, all that sort of stuff, super customizable. And of course, um, feeding into that is, is the, um, uh, the other tech I was talking about. So the end user experience, I think we've nailed that, especially with the training bots, everything else. Then you've got the client portal. Um, and as you saw, or any, as you can see there, the branding is really what makes it stand out, fully customizable. You can have whatever you want in there. That is the differentiation point. And any things that we don't have in terms of functionality will be coming soon anyway. If someone's sitting there thinking, oh, but do you have this? Whatever it is you're thinking, it's probably coming. We're aware of everything that people want, but we've got the big ticket items in that portal done in a way which is um, uh, easy to set up and easy to use. So that's a big part of it. Some of the other tools are actually quite complicated. Like for example, Desk Director doesn't really have a client portal like this. It's not Office 365 integrated. Help Desk Buttons doesn't have any of that. Um, Cloud Radial does, um, and they have their own way of doing it using more of a Microsoft SharePoint design framework, which is quite bland in terms of look and feel, but it's quite, it's got some great functionality. So Cloud Radial is doing some great things there. Don't get me wrong, I actually think um, yeah, they're, they're, they're pushing the boundaries of what you can do in the client portal side of things, but we've come to the table with a comparable offer, which is easier to configure and looks better and, um, and is, um, uh, it ticks all the boxes. So that's there. The thing that really none of them have is the, the IT control panel side of things. So that's where, you know, your identity security and chat, they just don't have it. We've got it. It's awesome. And then the final part is the VCO platform. Um, the uh, help desk buttons and desk director don't have it. Cloud Radial has it. Cloud Radials is more of a sort of fashioning SharePoint planner into some sort of VCIO, whereas we've taken an approach that actually works from an MSP perspective and translated that through into the portal. As you saw, we spent a bit of time on that. So the good, better, best side of things is just absolutely awesome. And, um, and so, you know, the things we build, we think we're better at. So I think, as a summary comment, I genuinely think based on functionality, not just based on me saying it, because that doesn't mean anything, but based on functionality, I think we've leapfrogged, leapfrogged the, uh, the competition, which is why we wanted to get on a call with you. Now, somebody here has asked um, why EnviroSoft over Cloud Radial. I feel like you covered that pretty well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the other question, the one that you don't want to answer. Why Cloud Radial over EnviroSoft? Well, I, I would, if it was last year, I'd say, well, they've got the client portal and, and all that sort of jazz. So really they, they did sort of one up us there in that regard. Um, but those days are gone and there is no real reason to go for cloud radio because it's, we've got all the same tech. We've got more tech. We've got better tech with using VCO as an example, IT control panel as an example. I actually don't know why you would go cloud radio anymore. Last year, maybe this year. Thanks. It's, it is what it is though, because we were, we were probably a bit behind on feature set. We've caught up and 
it's better. It's easy to use. It sets up easier. There's no real, there's no reason for it. Their end user experience is very weak. It, it's, it's, um, uh, so yeah, I think, I think we've leapfrogged them to be honest. Um, so if you want utilization, you want the best look and feel, you want the best VCO tools, you want some of the other smarts, it's, you know, we're all fully off of 365 integrated. There's not, there's no reason anymore to, to select anybody else. And, but it's a feature thing. My answer to that is, ha- is harsh and it's probably very direct and it's probably, oh, are you overconfident? It's not about me being confident. It's about the features. That's what we've learned with this product business is that it's about the features. So if you can hand on heart say that your functionality is better, it is what it is. So I would put it to anyone looking at this. You should still check all the tools. Do your due diligence. Check it all out. And, and you'll start to see what I mean when you start to look at it. Okay. So... How do MSPs get support from you guys when uh, when something's not working or they don't know what they're doing? Or- well, you can either go through the portal and go through our help section there, and then our team, as it said, follow the Sun twenty four seven support. So someone will come back to you um, fairly quickly. We're we're trying to bring the MSP philosophy because that's my DNA of doing really great support. It seems to be something as vendors get really big, they it's almost like they won't even respond. Uh, it's bizarre. So I, I I would never want that to be the experience of Envirosoft, knowing the DNA of where we've all come from and trying to be good at su- support. So so that's how you do it. And, or you, you're going through your training programs with, with our VP of success and booking the, those sort of sessions in. So you can always book those in and 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 we'll, we'll guide you through. So, um, you know, I, I think that's an area that we're quite strong at and, and we're trying to be. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's an important part of being a vendor, which seems to have got lost with the bigger ones. I'm not sure why, maybe it's, yeah, that's a whole other discussion, but, um, we certainly won't be operating that way. Now, how about, um, what, what are some of the most common support requests that you guys receive? Oh, look, it's probably just around, um, deployment of the agent and, and authenticating the agent's. Um, it's pretty easy, uh, but sometimes, um, you know, when you're first learning the platform, that's the bit you get a bit confused. Probably the other area will be this VCIO side of things. Everything else is pretty self-explanatory. You saw IT control panel. I mean, you really don't need much training there to push a few buttons and make it work. Um, but the VCIO side of things is it's a, like, it's a process more than an, as much as it is a technology. So it's just getting your head around the process of how that would work um and how you'd best utilize it and set it up etc so those are probably just the two main areas um i would say okay and what is your average response time after a ticket well uh we try and get back within the hour uh to any sort of ticket logged and um resolution time obviously it's a you know it depends what the issue is i mean I, i don't think we have an sla there um but, um, but certainly um, uh, response time within the hour is the mandate we've given to our support team. And do you have like a 24-7 staff? Correct. Yeah, it's follow the sun, which is the benefit of having staff in the North American time zone and, and, um, and, uh, and Australia. All right. Let's talk about some technical now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's talk about technical details. Uh, where is our data stored? Um, you you know you're going to sync up with with tickets and ticket notes and and all that kind of stuff, but you also have to display it too. 
So I know obviously some of this stuff's going to be in the PSA or wherever it syncs to, right? But where else do you keep a copy of stuff in, in Virosoft? It's a good question. So some of our competitors, in fact, the two of them, I think, are literally storing that data. So we don't store that data uh, in terms of ticket data. Um, we, when we show the, the um, well, let me clarify that. So when we, when we bring up the ticket list, it's a live sync of the data. And once that browser's closed, it's gone, right? Uh, in terms of when a ticket is logged, um, after 30 days, and we can actually dial it down to, to even quicker if you want to, we delete uh, the description, we delete the attachments, we delete any form data, every 30 days it gets purged. We don't want to keep that data. So that data all gets purged. So really we just want to retain the bits we need to make the platform work, which is client name, um, user name, first name, last name, email address, maybe in the future mobile so that our SMS functionality will um, work. So you can do broadcasting and the, the identity security with SMS. Um, and we're, we're keeping ticket configuration data, so which board, ticket types, and that sort of thing. So that's pretty much it. It's stored, we're currently hosted in AWS in the US. So that's of the data that we do keep, it's in, in um, North America at this point. And of the data that, that you don't, so if, if I, the customer, wanted to, in my IT support panel, I believe I can look at tickets through that or do I have yep. to look at the... Yeah, so you're coming through to your client portal. Oops, that's my internet. Um, so yeah, so as, as well, I just want to mention here that you can actually customize this homepage to whatever you want. So unlike some of the other tools where you can't really do that, um, whatever design you've got here, you can actually bring that through. So this is us bringing out the ticket types and that's a live sync. So okay. you're, you're basically making an API call to the PSA. Right. It's how it does that. So look, the downside of that is that there's a, there's a tiny delay, but the upside is, is that we're just not storing that data. Whereas our competitors are storing that data and caching it, which, you know, there's risk there. Sure. So with, um, I, I gotta say there's, there's pros and cons to that, right? So Correct. I, I love that you are doing your best to not store and I despise. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, as you saw, it's pretty quick and I'm doing a video call as we speak at the moment. I'm on a wireless home, you know, internet connection. Cause as you can see on my screen, it's 4.36 AM. Um, and, um, and that was pretty quick. So, yeah. So this is, this is where the PSA integration is. And this is where we go, all right, we connect it there. And sorry, this is probably more relevant. It's the ticketing config information that we bring through. So it's like queue, source, status, source, that type of stuff, priorities. Um, yeah, that's kind of what we bring through there. And then this is an example of like the ticket log. So when tickets come through, you can sort of see what's actually going on. So if I sort of scroll back to one that was ages ago, um, is, that a, is that over a month, the fifth? Hang on, where are we in? Yeah, if I just look at a detail of a ticket, um, you'll see, yeah, so there's no form data on that sort of stuff sort of been removed. So, yeah, so so basically we're, we're, um, we store chat data for the last 15 
Um, just so at least in IT control panel, there's, you can go back and actually look at some of the chats that you had just worked on if you needed to kind of grab some information from there. Because we, we figured if we just delete that completely, uh, it, it probably wouldn't be functional. Um, and this is the, the ticket types um, as well. And the cool thing here is you can mask these ticket types with like friendly names and all that sort of jazz. And one of the differences of our platform is that we really use the ticket types to have and assign forms and bots and, and all this sort of stuff. So when you come in to log a ticket, you can attach, you know, a self-service bot to the ticket type and to the client and the same sort of thing with forms as well. So these all come through and um, they're all attached to ticket types. Um, which gives you that granularity and flexibility to do all of that type of stuff. Now, so, okay, this, that's good. Um, so you, you don't really store ticket data, but there is data that you will need to store, like logos and color setting. Correct. The, maybe the agent sync data and, and just some of that stuff. So you said you store things in AWS. I would like to think you've got some type of high availability, got multiple servers. Oh, absolutely. Look, it's, you know, with AWS, you configure it to, to have all that elasticity in, in the product. Um, the, the, the architecture is fundamentally the product. Obviously, I'm not going to give you the full details of how we've done it, uh, sure. but, but, it's, but it's all, uh, you know, mo the, the data is, is not front-ending the internet in that sense that we store. So, you know, there's lots of layers of security there that were put in place to, to keep that. But that's why we just try and keep the data to a minimum. And um, and really, um, I think that's we'll continue with that philosophy. We don't want our agent, for example, to be an RMM and to be a gateway to uh, expose clients in terms of um, threats and those sorts of things. So, yeah, I think that's important to understand is that, that um, and I think some of the other tools potentially you can start to launch things there and that we don't want to do that. We, the RMM is the RMM. There's plenty of those out there in the market. This agent is, we don't want it to be part of, part of a, a landscape which could expose or, or deploy things and that, and that sort of thing. Of, of course, of course. Yes. Um, I assume you make backups of data or servers. Absolutely. So uh, it's all, it's all configured to, to, to be completely redundant and, um, elastic and scalable and that type of thing. Now, when's the last time you guys have tested restoring a back? Uh, well, it's an ongoing process in terms of um, making sure that that data is available. Um, the, the, uh, again, I'm not going to go into detail on how we do that, but um, we've, we're trying to put process in place to ensure that um, that side of the business is, um, uh, has a process and, um, uh, so the process is to have a process in that sense, but the, um, but we do that regularly, um, to make sure that the data is available. Good. Compliance. Um, compliance is a tough one for, for us Americans. I don't know what it's like in UK or Australia. I know that UK has PR. Um, here in the U S we've got all kinds of HIPAA, PCI. So will you guys sign a BA? Uh, we haven't typically. We've been advised that it's unnecessary because we're not actually storing any patient data or anything of that nature. Um, so we actually engaged uh, our US attorney to to guide us on what we need to do there, and they and they said literally there is no need to because you're not storing the data. And whilst there is a chance of 
somehow, because remember, we're doing like, you know, you're, these MSPs are doing IT support for the uh, staff of a health organisation. Um, the only way that patient data, for example, would go through our system is if, is if they attached it to a ticket for some unknown reason. And even if that happened, the HIPAA advice we got was that that would be an incidental situation. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they sort of advise that it's just not needed it's with the way that this software works. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, if it's cool. something that is that is more complicated than that, then obviously you come to us, we'll have a chat, and we'll and we'll work through with that, uh, work through that with you. Uh, but it is interesting. I think um, I think this, they told us that a lot of people are signing those documents unnecessarily. Okay, so I'm I'm sorry, my my dog wants to leave the room, so we're we're making that happen. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Um, security. We we kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, do you have two FA for us to log in? Yes, we do. And that translates through to IT control panel as well. So um, you just set that up in our portal and and you're ready to rumble. And is it required? It's not required. Um, so that's up to your policy there and what you want to do. Um, should we make it required? Potentially. Um, the feedback we've got is just, you know, having an optional. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I think everything. Mm. I think my cell phone. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh yeah it's i you know similar to the i'll call it 2fa for for the end user um i i just think everything my you know any of the the banks i've checked out um because my my bank closed a few months ago so i i went and started uh vetting new banks and uh some of the banks did not even offer 2FA, and those were immediately nope wow that's crazy so so I just think like everything. I've even got two FA on my like, and you know, some people think that seems trivial. Other people think like, well, of course you do. That's that's kind of like part of your public persona, identity, whatever. And they could really ruin your reputation. Or, but like, yeah, I just two FA all. Mm, absolutely, completely agree. So, yep, that's that's in the platform, which is um, an important part of it, of course. Now, what about end users? Do can we offer 2FA for end users somehow, some way? Do we need to? Well, it's it's not needed. So the way our product works, it is a bit different from the others in the sense that it's a one-time registration. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, it's it's your assigning users to agents in that sense. And once the assignment is done, um, it's set up and ready to go, which is by design so they don't have to keep logging in all the time. Because if you have that situation, they won't log tickets using the process. They just won't. It's too hard. They'll just email and call you. So effectively, it's a one-time registration. Once it's assigned to a user, it's that gets set up in their Windows profile. And each time I open it up, they can log a ticket. It comes from them. And, um, and uh, yeah, and so there's a various methodologies to do that. The user can do it when they log their first ticket. We've got an AD Harvester. We've got a Zure Harvester. Um, or you can actually assign users in the portal. And um, so, yeah, so once it's done, it's done. Nice. All right, so let's talk about that pricing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you showed some pricing earlier because you've got a kind of a, a deal or a, what did you call it, a special? 
you're running right Special now. Offer, yeah. It's on the screen there. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember a while back, um, maybe maybe like after the first time we spoke, uh, I, I kind of beat you up a little bit because your pricing was kind of sporadic and it, it almost seemed like you were just kind of pulling numbers out of a hat because like maybe for 250 agents, it was, we'll call it 50 cents. And then for 500 agents, it was 40. And then for a thousand, it was 65. And it was just because it was all over the place and weird. Um, but I ran some numbers and it's not weird anymore. So it looks like you have um, worked out your pricing to where sent. Now, when I, when I look at this, I mean, the pricing, obviously the numbers are going down per agent as you buy more. The, the interesting thing is like 500 agents is the one that you save the most percentage. Yeah, look, I, mean, I think it's this part of it is is being mathematical about it, but part of it is just understanding what the market will pay for this type of platform in the first instance, especially in a new category over time, probably a bit different. Um, you can go to our website and have a look at the full pricing. This pricing is just a reflection of getting all the products for our first package. So we have four packages based on what functionality you want uh, on the website. Um, but I think it's it's about a combination of making sure that those per agent um, prices going down, obviously, as you as you buy more, um, but then shaping the price to make it appealing and make it uh, in the right range of what the the market has told us that they'll they'll buy at. So it's been an interesting journey, pricing, and you know, just pricing in general is a topic that all of us as MSPs and businesses need to sort of figure out. And however you do that is can take a few iterations to get right and may, may always need to sure. change a little bit, but you know, we're, we're trying to, to be... clarify. Yeah, go for it. I just want to clarify. I don't think it's a problem that 500 has the bigger disc. Um, I mean, obviously all of them, the, the amount saved continues to get bigger. I just find it fascinating that, you know, I, I, it's not the first time I've seen that from any vendor, not even just on the IT side. You know, you, you look at, at any industry and I've seen like when they've got special offers, like the first two tiers might have the, the best, I'll call it discount. And then after that, it's more like, all right, obviously you understand that this is a big investment and they're willing to, to spend a lot of money with you a month. They don't need as large of a discount. They're already generating a ton. Of I don't understand what the science is. It just it just fascinates me to see like that that kind of stuff happen. I, that's all. Well, it slows down. It, the discount will always slow down as it gets bigger because there's only so far you can go down. You can't sell it for a negative in that sense. So mathematically, if you look at it in a table, it's it's, it's interesting. But you know, as the numbers get bigger, you know, this is a percent cost. A per like um, it's like cents per agent. Is really what you're looking at here and cents per agent as it gets to a large number it gets very low there's only so far you can go before you can't actually do it at that price so so it's interesting um yeah you'd have to look at the different scenarios but um to fully comment on that but i, I think it as i say it's just a it's it's a factor of what will the market in the 250 agent 500 agent pay how does that translate to a per agent and um you might just adjust it without worrying about the saving because this is just a this is a deal we've done 
of like, well, what would, what would be appealing to you? And so it's a combination of both, which is where you'll come up, which is why potentially you have an anomaly like that, where it's, it's larger in terms of the discount. So um, my last pricing question before we wrap things up, mm-hmm. do you have an option for people that fewer than? Yes, we do. Yeah. So if, if you need fewer than that, then just let us know and we'll work, we'll, we'll work through that with you. So you can either do 100 agents or 50 agents. We can go that low. So it's probably tailored to more startups, MSP startups, just trying to find their feet. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate this. Um, We started this, I think, at 2.30 a.m. your time, and now it's, what, like 5 a.m.? Yeah, it's getting there. So um, I hope you can get some sleep. uh, Thank you, man. You have to start working. and and truly, kudos, congratulations on building such a neat location for MSPs or IT professionals. It, you know, maybe you're a break fix shop and you just need to dip your toes into this and really start to differentiate yourself between you and the competition. Go to Invarosoft.com, I-N-V-A-R-O-O-F.com. And uh, you can even add slash growth to the end of that to see the special offer pricing. The, there might be something on the homepage mentioning it. I don't, but uh, check it out. And I'm sure you can book a demo with, with somebody on a sales team. Is there anything else that you want to toss out there, Jamie? No, just a final comment. Thank you very much for, for the opportunity to present today. And uh, always great to, to speak to you. You're doing wonderful things in that space of... Um, of letting the market know about all this new technology and, and what's going on there. I think it's valuable and and um, I really appreciate the time. And and yeah, just guys, the CX category, your customer experience, where the la- you know, the thing that I always say to staff when we hire them in an MSP is like, we are not a technology company as an MSP. We're a customer service business in technology. And on that basis, investing in your customer experience if you are a customer service business is a logical next step and so for those msbs still wondering whether you should do it you know the, the value proposition is is enormous and um uh and the roi that you can get is is um is very very positive as well so this is a space you need to be looking at to take your msp to the next level and, and become more of a modern experience of what the end users are really looking for so with that in mind, thank you so much for your time listening today. I appreciate it. Um, and I wish you continued success in your MSP for the rest of the year. So thank you very much, Steve. Oh, you're on mute if you're... Oh, of course I do. Well. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So what I was saying was... <laughs> oh, oh, Jim, right. I, so I couldn't see you. I could only... Um, I had to stop sharing my screen. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, so Jamie, thank you so much for being on here with me today. Um, it was a pleasure catching up with you and, and learning about all the great things happening at Envirosoft. Um, I did just put up that slide that you had up for a moment with uh, Envirosoft.com slash try, Envirosoft.com slash growth. Guys, go check it out. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching today. I'll see you all at the next episode. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.